Hey guys, welcome back. It's Chris Bircher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, and this is episode 87, What Are You Afraid Of? For a long time, I've talked about fear as a motivator, and um, you know, starting about 10 years ago, right when I really started my journey with um, personal growth or self-improvement or whatever you want to call, uh, trying to be a better version of myself, after my divorce and you know, sort of scrambling to get my life back together, I started noticing that the people I was interacting with, mostly at my work at the time, which involved these polarized user group meetings of all kinds of different people that all wanted a different thing, I could sort of see the fear underneath their message. Now, all these people were sort of complaining that they wouldn't get any money or this was going to lose their job, da, 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 da. you know, like uh, a landowner didn't want there to be regulations regarding endangered species because this was going to limit what they could do with their property and their profitability, and so they were complaining. But, but underneath all of this was fear. And at one point, I called it out uh, on a meeting, and it was um, an employee that worked for the federal government. And I said, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting out of you is that you're scared. What are you afraid of? And I meant it in the most honest way. Like I really wanted, I was like, wow, this is the way we're going to solve this problem. All we have to do is understand what he and everyone else is afraid of. Well, you would have thought that um, I like use the Lord's name in vain. I don't, I don't even know some drastic thing. My boss looked at me like, you shut up. And he looked at me like, what the hell are you? Everybody shut down. It had the exact opposite effect. Everybody got even angrier shut down and just literally started fighting. I was called out. I was removed from the meeting, you know, basically not allowed to talk in that um, capacity at public meetings anymore. These are, this was a private meeting. Um, I had to stick to the science and just shut up. But I, I realized I had hit on something. And, and the point I'm trying to make there as an introduction to an episode about, you know, what are you afraid of, is that people don't like to talk about what they're afraid of. They don't even want to admit um, that it might be fear that's motivating them. So I realized this is a touchy subject. For me, it was pretty, you know, obvious. Like, I kept fighting and insisting that I was right about whatever my problem was. It was somebody else's fault, you know, my, my ex-wife's fault, my kid's fault, my boss's fault. Every, every problem was somebody else's until um, the evidence kept pointing back to me being afraid of something, you know, me being afraid of, of, of whatever. And, and I sort of finally, like through this roundabout way of kicking and screaming, dragged into the, 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 the reality that this might have something to do with me and what's motivating underneath all of that anger and frustration and fighting and sarcasm or whatever it was that was feeding me was I was afraid of something. And for me, a lot of that fear was just, you know, being seen as a bad person, being publicly shamed. You know, it, 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 it probably falls under the five basic fears that psychologists talk about. I looked these up. You know, there's the fear of extinction, that you're going to die. You're not going to exist anymore. That's a motivator. The fear of mutilation, like you're going to get, you know, lose a limb or somehow have to go through your life in this new capacity where you don't have everything um, that everybody else has or that you were born with. The loss of autonomy, like you could get paralyzed and require assistance. You know, something like that it doesn't have to be that, obviously. I'm just paraphrasing these things to get them introduced. The fear of separation uh, up from society, from your family, of being rejected, of being sort of you know, thrown out of your village to live on your own. 
abandoned. Uh, and then the ego death, the idea that um, you know, there's something wrong with you, that, that for me is shame, right? That you cease to be an important member of the world and you have no value anymore. And that's a, that's a big one for a lot of people. Um, and so, and, and fear then, if those are like the basic types of fear, that just means everything could be kind of thrown in those piles if we want. It doesn't, doesn't matter. For me, you know, fear is really about some sort of l- lack of safety, right, across all of those boards. And of course, fear is one of the, what, what psychologists call the six sort of main emotions, like we could be happy, sad, disgusted, angry, surprised, and then scared. You know, fear is something in there. And again, I don't really care about all that, but I'm just putting in that in, in there for context. It doesn't matter to me that they're, you, know, you have to adhere to one of these five types of fear or whatever. But I think if we're honest with ourselves and we think about a situation, um, any kind of situation, like somebody cuts you off in traffic, uh, you know, and you get mad at that person, you say, how dare they cut in front of me and make me angry? They are such an asshole. They, 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 they. Well, okay, if you step back enough and say, like, why are you so important that that person was not allowed to be a part of your day? What did this have to do with you? How come it's all of a sudden all about you? And so then your fear could become, oh God, I'm a selfish narcissist. Oh God, maybe I really don't have any value. Oh God, maybe, maybe the, you know, the universe really has no meaning and I'm just, you know, whatever it is there, there you can, I, and th- I'd love to like go into an arena with thousands of people and just be thrown things at me to see if I can turn them into why that's fear. And, and I'm pretty sure I can, whether or not it's accurate or not, I don't know. Uh, but so if you, if you, if you, for every individual person, there's going to be something that motivates you away from whatever it is you're scared about. Right. And, and I, I keep falling back on safety, uh, and, and money, you know, money in the, in the context of, you know, and I guess it's because I don't have a, a, a real job, right. I don't have a career. I gave all that stuff up and I still feel this whole in my life. Um, I talk a lot about domestication and the decisions that were made for all of us, for me when I was young, that sort of led me into a career field that I wasn't really happy in and I had no problem quitting. And now I don't have one and that part of my identity is missing, but who created that part of my identity and who, whoever taught me that a job defined my value? You know, so I have this sort of like fear of belonging, fear of not belonging, fear of not having a purpose and fear of sort of not fitting in. And that relates to to safety, you know, kind of that ego death thing. It's like, am I going to be abandoned by the society and left on my own, to my own devices? And part of my life has been sort of like making peace with that. Like, yeah, okay, I can be. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe that's what's going to happen. All that's kind of weird, and those are all defined sort of my subneuroses. But they all can, again, lead back to these types of fear. So that's safety. Um, you know, what what will people think of me? Will I fail? Will I publicly humiliate myself? Will I be sad or mad? You know, will will I be unsafe? Will I feel scared? Um, like that that sort of electric energy up your spine, something's out to get me. And and ultimately that's like that's all about discomfort and pain, right? So there's this, you know, it's a fear of pain or a fear of lack of comfort. Uh and all this to say, what are you afraid of? In the context of the R versus should problem and sort of the how-tos that include things like journaling and meditation and 
realizing your awareness and directing your awareness as attention to the making the choices you want to make, fear is going to get in the way of doing all of that stuff. You know, fear can interrupt your meditation because you might sit there and go, I'm doing this wrong. Why am I so so bad at this? Why why I'm not going to do this right. I'm wasting my time. I should be doing other things. And that's a big one for me lately is sort of the fear that you should be doing something else. If that doesn't fall under the all of R versus should problem, I don't know it does. Where did that should even come from? So, you know, what is your what is motivating the fear in the first place? And so, you know, A, I think that fear is going to show up as being a motivator that's going to a, but one, get in the way of your healing and your personal development, your personal growth. And, and two, be the, sort of the cause of it that you know, may have happened in the process of domestication that you may have been completely unaware of, right? These seeds have been planted in you to sort of teach you to be afraid of these things, which then becomes a motivation to stick to the plan, right? So, for example, the fear of being destitute and on the street because you don't have money to pay your rent or buy food is is a motivation to have a job and to pay taxes and be a quiet and loyal and obedient member of society by working your nine to five job and going through what so many people today are realizing is, is, is a crap deal for the individual and really for the family and the smaller communities. But it's a great deal for capitalism right? It's a great deal for the corporates, corporations that need you to do your job cheaply and shut up. Um, anyway, that's sort of a, t- a side tangent, but even an example like that, or, or probably maybe most importantly, an example like that, fear is what motivates you to stay trapped. And so uh, whereas fear could be a motivation, it's also like um, um, the opposite of incentive, right? It's, it's a barrier to you getting on with things because it's going to, you know, this, this fear of not belonging, the ego death, the safety, whatever it is in this system of domestication that you may not even believe in, and you probably don't, is going to get in your way and, and interrupt you getting off of it. What an awesome, man, you couldn't design a system. And that's why I call it slavery. If you go back to like episode six or whatever, I'll put a link in the show notes. The idea that we are slaves and the, 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 the audacity of people to talk about things like freedom, you know, we have none in as much as we are required to work within the constraints of the domestication system of capitalism. Maybe that sounds like a conspiracy theory. I don't know. All I'm trying to say is fear is going to, going to get in your way. And so you have to necessarily figure out what you're afraid of, what you're motivated by, what you're really motivated by in order to do the personal growth because it's going to fight against you. It's sort of like, you know, why isn't, why are the things that are good for us so hard to do? Why is it hard to eat a healthy diet? Why is it hard to choose broccoli over Doritos? Why is it hard to get yourself to work out? You know, why is, why is this like this you know, the condition of doing things that aren't good for us the easy way, (laughs) you know, it doesn't make any sense, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. I mean, uh, you know, somebody recently, I think, oh, it was uh, Pat Schulte on the Bumfuzzle interview um, that came out a couple weeks ago, I guess by now, talked about uh, how he enjoyed having a little bit of struggle in his day. Like he enjoyed having problems to solve because it kept him curious and it kept him motivated. And I think that's why the high road is more difficult to walk than the low road. There's more resistance, but that doesn't mean 
you shouldn't do it, right? The easy way out, you, we, we sort of know when we're being lazy, right? We sort of know when we've watched a little too much Netflix or we had one too many beers or we called in sick that day at work and we really weren't sick. If you pay attention to yourself and you listen and you're aware and you put your attention on places and you're mindful and you do things like journal and meditate and you build those muscles, it's pretty easy to tell the difference. My wife and I have sort of had a downtime this week because her work schedule was pretty light. My responsibilities were fairly benign, and I could put, blow some of them off and sort of uh, delegate some of them to buy myself some free time, and we kept our daughter out of school, and it was sort of like we played house, right? We played, what if we didn't work? What if we had all this free time? Because what I see in the world is people who can't retire or retire and are miserable, people who have shit tons of money and still do all these other things to generate all these other forms of money, um, you know, I don't understand when I look at people and I go, you are wealthy, like millions and millions of dollars a year in passive income wealthy or um, trust fund wealthy or, you know, you know, why don't you do things you want to do? Why do you keep working in the rat race to make more money? Why do famous actors who have millions of dollars do podcasts with hours worth of advertising? You know, that's why don't you do the podcast for free? You know, as a hobby. If it is a hobby, why is it monetized? Like, why do you need to? Anyway, I see a lot of people that, uh, myself included, you know, I struggle with it. And then I see it in other people struggle with downtime because we're afraid that it means we're lazy. So here's, here's a good example of sort of like, what are you afraid of? Uh, Carl Jung, I think that's his name, Carl Jung, the, the famous psychologist, um, uh, sort of introduced the idea of, of shadow values or a shadow side or the side of us that we don't want to deal with. And, you know, I think, I think um, we are often motivated uh, by things that we really want to do, but we're afraid the world is going to see those things as being negative. Right? Who's who, who? Why is it bad to enjoy lounging around on the couch and watching Netflix? If you're not doing it 24 hours a day, and especially if you work really hard all day and you come home and you want to relax, why is there something wrong with that? We've gotten to the point in society where we aren't we these we look at these sides of ourselves as being the dark side, and maybe that is, maybe it isn't, and those are things that we have to. Um, sort of address, and maybe I shouldn't have brought up, you know, brought up Young at all, but there are elements to our personality that we may not like, but that are parts of our personality. And if we ignore them, we're going to have problems. And so downtime down may fall into that. I don't know. But what I've noticed that I do and my wife does is we're not really good. And I think my second episode or third was about quiet and distraction. It's the same thing. We don't know how to behave when we don't have anything to do. But yet we have these lists in our heads of all these things that we want to do. Why don't we do them then? <laughs> right? There's a million excuses. I'm the worst at this. It's like, I want to play more music. I want to learn how to play piano. And I have 5, 10 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes, sometimes an hour during the day where my daughter's chilled out. She's playing with blocks or something. I could interact. She could be present while I'm trying to do something. I could, I could sit down and try to make some of this happen, but I create all these excuses like, no, I've got to be in a flow state. I've got to sit down and do this. I got to get all my materials together. You know, I talk myself out of it. Uh, um, 
And I could I could be doing better at that. But part of the reason I don't do it very well is I, I'm afraid of what the world's going to see me. What does that mean? If I'm pursuing a flip, seemingly flippant hobby of wanting to be play music to make myself happy or even listen to music or journal or meditate or, or write or, or podcast, all that stuff feels bad because it's not fueling the financial machine, right? It's not making money. It's not contributing to the domestication capitalist rat race hamster wheel of life. The world doesn't have, devalues it is what is my fear. And so I'm going to be seen as a lazy, hippie scumbag, terrible dad, all the things against what I want to be. And there's, and there's where the shadow work comes in. I want the world to see me as a good person. I want the world to recognize that I'm a good dad. That Maybe that's a bad thing, but it's something that I want. And in, in learning about it and to identify that, I can now see that it's hurting me in my pursuit of downtime. And so I'm afraid of being seen as lazy and thus have created a world where even when I actually have the time to rest and meditate and go for a walk and, and spend quality time with my family, I'm wondering whether or not the world is seeing me as lazy. Or, equally, somebody may wonder, shouldn't I be making, should I not be making money right now so that I'll have a good retirement and I'll be safe in the future? Shouldn't I be doing a side hustle? So that I have this side income so that I can retire comfortably and put my kids in college. Shouldn't I be doing, 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 feeding the rat race? All those shoulds are part of the problem. Those are the societal shoulds that you have never, may have never been aware of, that you have been taught to value. They may not be your values at all. And it's time that we stop doing it. It's time that we identify what, what it is we're afraid of. You know what I'm afraid in the, of in that equation? That I'm never going to learn how to play piano. I've got a piano sitting right over here that I can't play. I can play all the instruments behind me. Uh, I don't spend enough time doing them, doing it. Uh, it brings me great joy more than anything else in the world. I would love, I could honestly spend an hour a day playing an instrument, an hour a day listening to music, or more every day. And unlike exercise, I don't think there'll be days where I'm like, oh, man, I got to play my guitar today. Uh, I don't want to play. You know what I mean? It's like, but yet I refuse to let myself do it because of all these other stupid ass reasons that aren't even mine. Because I'm afraid of coming across as looking like a lazy hippie. Which maybe I am to some degree, but the, so the bigger problem is sort of like, why is that a problem? You know, what's wrong with being uh, a naive, um, you know, uh, um, hippy dippy sort of nature loving, um, cosmic, um, um, magic believing, whatever, um, fun loving person? Why is that a bad thing? And my answer will be, you know, in my weak moments, that, well, some people think that's a bad thing. Some people think that's not good. And those people are, are just lazy bums. And I don't want to be seen as a lazy bum. So I'm not going to do those things. Anything that might fall. You see how we create these dreams that the, the, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz would call dreams? These, these worlds that only exist in our heads or, or that may have real people out there that believe the actual things that we're afraid of. 
But so what? <laughs> what 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 do you what what does that matter? And I, and again, this is really like for me more than anything. But I know you and people do the same things, and so part of the process of creating new habits that are beneficial to you being the best you that you can are going to be getting rid of or identifying the things that you're afraid of. And then we can go all in. Then we can change and replace those old beliefs with new beliefs. I believe that I'm a good person. I believe that I am not lazy. I believe that I value relaxation because it's going to lower my heart rate and have all these other health benefits, and I'm spending time with my family. I am not going to overindulge in this laying on the couch relaxation. I'm going to get up and mow the grass and do all the things I have to do and go to work. What is the problem? Guess what? There isn't one. That's your new belief, right? It comes down to sort of like... (laughs) I guess what I talked about in the awareness and attention, it's attitude. Like, What's the direction of your awareness and your mindset going to be? Is this about your personal growth or is this about you adhering to some antiquated um, domestication dream of the rat race that you never subscribed to in the first place? Let that go. Bring in you. Let out that stuff. It's these agreements you make with yourself and you can break those old agreements because you never made them in the first place. Damn if they don't have a lot of power and it isn't easy and you have to do all of these things I've talked about in the last five or six episodes, in addition to the things I'll talk about in future episodes, in order to break the old habits, build the new habits, and change your beliefs. Um, And ultimately, I think what this points to is something I'm just now learning about in internal family systems work, or IFS, is the self with a capital S. Um, we talk, I, I talk about self. We, you know, I have an episode dedicated to self. I don't really have a definition for it, but it's sort of, you know, the, 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 the person that you need to be listening to, that the person who exists when you, when you slough off all of this other stuff that we've learned, um, the, the, the one that, that knows what you want, right? The one that knows whether you're being lazy or, or, or actually getting some relaxation, the one that understands what your needs are and what you're afraid of. There is an ultimate part of you that is clear. Uh, but it's hard to get there because you gotta you gotta shed all these 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 uh interruptions and, and these um forces that, that that try to get you um to behave a certain way, like to to to, to participate in the rat race. And briefly, uh, uh what the IFS practitioners how they define self is having the eight C's and there's these qualities I think that we can use to strive for, to help us sort of stay in this mode work. Because it, what happens is you'll get them to an impasse and say, am I being lazy or am I getting my needs met? And then what's going to happen is that strength of that domestication process and those voices and that society and the rules and the laws and everything that you've been taught your whole life is going to come. They're going to win the fight unless you bring some energy to fight back. And that's, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to the self-energy. And these characteristics that you can remind yourself of that will help you battle those voices are things like curiosity, right? Creativity, compassion, things that I talk about all the time. Courage and confidence to big things for me. Like you have to be brave to want to even do this kind of work because it's such 
an easy battle to lose. Calmness. Remember my, my sort of big one, like what I want in my life right now is more calm. Well, that happens to be a healthy characteristic that says you're in a position to actually focus on what you will need and what you want in that moment. Connectedness. I mean, hell, I have an episode about that too. It's amazing how sort of universal these characteristics are and that seeking them, finding them, identifying them, and, and striving for them can help us make these clear decisions that we need to make. Clarity. So clarity, connectedness, calmness, creativity, curiosity, compassion, courage, and confidence. Those are the tools uh, that we can use to help us be aware of w- w- what we're doing uh, in the moment. And you know, you could add the, you know, the the ninth. <laughs> well, you could add all kinds of other C's, but another C I just thought of is choice, because ultimately we are making a choice about how we want to live our lives. And again, I personally am I'm choosing a life that represents more calm, because I've sort of determined from all these other re- all these other practices and works and work that I've done with myself over a decade that, you know, that state brings in all this other stuff that I want to do too. So in identifying what you're afraid of, you're really identifying what you want and what you're going to do. And that state of clarity is going to make your life a lot easier as far as saying, it's pretty clear to me that I want to meditate for two hours a day. That is sort of, or Five minutes a day, not two hours a day. Holy crap. That sort of decision is one that you can stick to that's easier than one that says, I really should meditate two hours a day. That's a completely different state of mind. Well, I'll talk more about self in future episodes, but I hope that you get something from the idea that uh, fear can be motivating and keeping you stuck. And by identifying what it is you're afraid of, you can actually identify what it is, um, why that is, and then maybe find some courage uh, to, to fight against that and do something different. This has been Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, Episode 87. What are you afraid of? I'm Chris Bircher. I'll see you guys next week. Take it easy.